Good morning, good evening, whichever you prefer. Welcome to this, the first episode of Grace for the new year. I hope you enjoyed your Christmas break. I'm sure you all know we've got a lot in store for you today. It's a significant episode. We have both a farewell to Father Peter and a welcome to Father Jim. We've got also talks about St. Joseph and some power parables. But first, to start things off, we'll dive straight into a prayer said by one of our seminarians, Martino. Prayer for blessings in the year ahead. Father, thank you for your great love and blessing over our lives. Thank you that your favor has no end, but it lasts for our entire lifetime. We ask that we would walk in your blessing and goodness today, that your face would shine on us, that you would open the right doors for our lives and for our loved ones, that you would close the wrong doors and protect us from those who we need to walk away from, establish the work of our hands and bring to fulfillment all that you have given us to do in these days. We pray that you would make our ways purposeful and our footsteps firm out of your goodness and love. Give us a heart of wisdom to hear your voice and make us strong by your huge favor and grace. In Jesus' name, Amen. Here at Grace Radio, we would like to say farewell to our dear Father Peter. Our parishioners also have a few kind words that they would like to say to you, Father Peter. Father Peter, what an amazing personality. He really knows to cross his T's and dot his I's. He was very funny. Empathetic, you know. You are the very first guest that we met when we came to Australia. Just an absolute treasure. You have been such a source of comfort. You are such a lovely, caring man. You are like knowing Jesus in person. Just when he listens to you, you know he's feeling for you. Somebody who goes out of his way to listen. You make sure that, uh, you know, everyone is under the wing of God. You've brought a special relationship with Christ into our family. And, yeah, you're going to be really missed, Father Peter. My best memory of Father Peter was when I accidentally happened to... um, steal the parish diary because I thought it was a Bible and so Father Peter was looking for his his diary for a whole week and I didn't even realise I'd stolen it he was um he was very sure to alert my uh, new employer, uh, Mrs. Yee or Barbara Yee at St. Jared's, that I had a tendency to steal people's diaries before I was employed there so that I think that was a good first impression Thank you for everything that you have done for us. Thank you for all the inspiring sermons. For the homilies. Thank you, Father Peter. We'll remember you for it all our lives. Thank you for your leadership in our faith formation over all of these years. For helping us build spiritually. Thank you very much. Your help and the spirited words and prayers have uh, been very helpful. I'm into that. <laughs> all the best for you. Thank you for inspiring or reigniting new faith in many of us. This is uh, an amazing journey in RCIA and uh, today for our baptism. The church is a better place for having had you, so thank you so much. 
Thank you, Father Peter, for being such a good priest. Thank you, Father Peter, for uh, being here. I, it was my privilege to work with you for one year. It was a difficult year, but I was lucky to be with you and I, I learned a lot. Even in this COVID time, I, I had a chance to, to, to be with you, pray with you and be supported by, by you. So thank you for that. And I hope you can say the same. <laughs> you had good time and you didn't suffer too much. Um, and I'm really happy you have a new appointment and you are happy with this appointment. And may God bless you in, the, in, in your new ministry. May God protect you and be always with you. Thank you and I hope uh, see you uh, in different time and maybe we have a chance to work on another time. God bless, all the best. Time to say goodbye. I won't sing all of it. God bless, and you are always in our prayers. We'll miss you when you leave this parish, of course, but we'll see you hopefully again. We hope that God will be with you on the next path you're going to walk along. And I'm, I am excited about what you will be able to achieve. God bless you and keep you and carry you and hold you in whatever work you do. It has been an honour and a pleasure to work alongside you and to be led by you. May you continue to shine to people around you. Every blessing for the future. And I wish to see you back for the opening of the new Epping development. Farewell, Peter, and always, gracias, always and everywhere and at all times. Father Peter, we are very sad to be losing you, but we're very happy for you because you are going to do something that you really love doing. And we will miss you. And uh, all the very best from Mari. Thank you. God bless you. All the best and God bless you. God bless you, Father. Yeah. Thank you and God bless. God bless. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you, Father. Thank you very much. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Glory be to the one, mate. Thanks, Father Peter. Thank you. Acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind. Should old acquaintance be forgot and days of old lang syne. For old lang syne, my dear, for old lang syne, we'll take a cup of kindness yet for the days of old lang syne. God bless you, Father Peter. <laughs> we love you. you. <laughs> I hope we didn't break in the show. We are very blessed to have here today our new priest in the parish, Father Jim. Welcome, Father. Uh, thank you. Now, Great to be here. Do you want to be called Father Jim, Father Jimbo, just Jim? What do you want to be called, Father? <laughs> Look, Father Jim, I'm happy to be called Jim. Beautiful. Uh, so, Father, um, Jim, probably should have said the thing you wanted to be called. To start <laughs> no, with. I'm happy either way. It is, it is good. Okay, with just Jim. So, can you tell us a bit about yourself, like about your previous parish, what you learned there? Give us a bit of your background. Okay, well, look, I've been a priest for 21 years, and this is my eighth parish. Okay. Um, so in order, I can go uh, Pennant Hills, Tukley, Narrowena, St. Ives, Waitara, Kincumber, Chatswood, and now Epping Carlingford. Okay. Are you from this area originally? No, I grew up at Gosford. Okay. Yeah. Okay, beautiful. Um, oh, fair enough. Would you want to uh, just 
Tangent. Would you ever want to go back there to Gosford, or do you prefer being here? And this, obviously, the hills area is amazing and beautiful and it lovely. It is. It is. But well, uh, well. Look, my, when I was at uh, Kincumber Parish, that was kind of up near where I grew up, and my family, my friends were sort of near there. But coming to Epping Carlingford feels a bit like home because I did my seminary placement at Epping twenty five years ago. Ah, interesting. So it's feel, this feels like a little bit of a homecoming. Beautiful. Do you recognise anybody? Uh, yeah, though I saw people on the weekend who I recognised from 25 years ago. That's fantastic. Yeah, which oh, is really nice. That's lovely. Now, second question, Father. What is something you're really looking forward to bring to this parish? Obviously, you have your youth and your vigour with you. What do you want to bring into this parish? Like something that just Jim can do. Oh, okay. Well, like I want to bring the good news of Jesus. Um, but I think the good news of Jesus is already here. So I want to, I want to stay with the great work that's already going I think I can bring a bit of an energy and enthusiasm to things, and COVID kind of holds it back a bit. But I, I think you know, energy is sort of what I tend to bring to things. And okay. yeah, where do you get your energy from? You do seem very enthusiastic. Like, where does that come from? Uh, look, it, I, honestly, I believe it is the Holy Spirit, um, because I had a huge change. I was a very shy, introverted kid and teenager until my conversion experience. It really kind of changed, kind of the way I was and acted. Would you like to share your conversion experience or is that yeah. for another time? No, absolutely. Um, so when I was 14, I was going to church with my mum because you know, I had to and all the usual things that lots of people do. I went to a Disciples of Jesus um, uh, youth weekend called an Anchor Weekend. Okay. And there I just met the most enthusiastic, outgoing, happy, positive young people I've ever met. And they were everything I was, I, I was, I wanted to be but wasn't. And I just looked at them, I want to be like that. And they talked about their relationship with Jesus and how, and how that what made them who they were. So when there was an invitation to come for prayer on the Saturday night, I went forward and prayed and I was prayed over and experienced the, the spirit and experienced Jesus, for the, I think, deeply for the first time. And it changed the way I felt about myself, that God didn't just love them, God loved me. And it, I realized that you know, I was lovable, I was good. And that really began, the, I think, the change in my, in my whole outlook. That's beautiful. That's a really lovely story. Yeah, it's, it's through people that I think a lot of us find Christ and that's why we have to be that light. Um, yeah. yeah, that's that's lovely. Thank you, Father. Um, less serious question. Secret party skill slash trick. Now, this might be a very visual thing, in which case, I don't know, we'll film or something, but you have a secret party skill or trick that that just you can do. Oh, ooh, I can do. Um, look, I'm not bad at getting a ping pong ball and kind of blowing a, uh, putting my head up and blowing a, a jet of air, uh, like a whistling and balancing the ball in midair. Oh, that's very cool. Now it's time for the, obviously we had the, the play play questions. Now it's time for the super serious. Ooh, okay. You hear how serious this is in the voice. The rapid fire questions. Yep. All right, we have a timer. <laughs> Start the timer, guys. Oh, uh, is, this, ooh, is six, this like... Um, 60 seconds on the clock. This is a chaser, yep. Your time starts now. Are you a morning or night person? Morning. Would you like the colour red? It's okay. Favourite ice cream flavour? Rum and raisin. Favourite sport? Um, baseball. Coffee or tea? Tea. Pineapple on pizza, yay or nay? No. Garlic, favourite, good, bad? Neutral. Good or bad? Good on pizza, bad on ice cream. Beautiful, great answer. <laughs> Any old nicknames? Uh, nothing I'm going to say on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> favourite instrument? Bass guitar. Uh, favourite animal? Co- um, white cockatoo. Favourite saint? Maximilian Colby. Father, on a scale of 6 to 10, how much do you like the taste of blood? 10 out of 10, the blood of Christ is wonderful. I can't wait till we get to drink it again. Yeah! <laughs> well done! <laughs> you made it, Father. Well done. Woo! 
Uh, okay, now we're going to ask the bad questions. Uh, <laughs> they weren't the bad questions? <laughs> so, um, all right. So, coming to your favourite saint, Maximilian Kolbe. Why, why Maximilian Kolbe? Tell, I don't know too much about him, if I'm being honest. So, Maximilian Kolbe was a priest who was imprisoned in Second World War in a concentration camp. Um, and, and he was, you know, just, you know, working away in the concentration camp like many were. The, 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 uh, the guards... As a, dis- as a dis- disincentive to anyone escaping, if somebody escaped, they would execute 10 people for every person who escaped. So someone escaped and the, the guards picked 10 people at random out of the line and said, you, you, you and you, uh, we're going to ex- execute you. And one man fell to his, fell to his knees in, in tears saying, my wife, my children, I'll never see them again, what will they do? And Maximilian Colbert, as a priest with no family, stepped forward to say, I would like to die in place of this man. And to the great surprise, the Nazi soldiers actually said, yes, okay and threw Maximilian Kolbe in the starvation bunker and let, uh, let Francis Gajadnizek, the man who was saved, survive. So uh, Maximilian went down the starvation bunker and for 10 days they were, they were starved and people, always, people, you know, people gradually died there. Um, it was always said that there was just you know, crying and howling and weeping from that starvation bunker, but, but Maximilian led people in prayer. He ministered to them. They sang hymns. They prayed together and people died peacefully. The last few, including himself, in the end, they executed uh, by gunfire. But Francis Gajadzic lived to see his wife, his children, eventually his, his grandchildren. In the end, he was actually in St. Peter's Square when Maximilian was made a saint in uh, the 1980s. That's lovely. Do you have a particular favourite parable? Favourite parable? Yeah, it's the parable of the wise and foolish bridesmaids. Go on. Yep. So, you know, the wise and foolish bridesmaids, they're waiting for the bridegroom to arrive. The bridegroom's late, you know, it's late. And, um, and the, the, the foolish bridesmaids had their lamps but not enough spare oil. So when the bridegroom arrives, they say to the wise ones, um, you know, can we please, no, sorry, the foolish ones say to the wise ones, can we have some of your oil? And they say, no, you can't. You have to go buy it yourself, which seems really strange. And kids always go, that's not right. Aren't you meant to share? Isn't it, you know, Christian to share? But, of course, it's a, it's a parable about, about wisdom and faith that only you can have that for yourself. No one else can do it for you. You know, there's a saying that God has no grandchildren, because it's, you, know, you have to have a relationship with Jesus yourself. And so it's saying you know, that the oil is representative of the wisdom there, that you have to do this for yourself. No one can, can, uh, no one can save you, you know, can earn your salvation. No one can have the relationship for you. You've got to come to Jesus personally. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, and last question is, is there any particular question that you would want to be asked that you haven't been asked? Like any question that like, you really sort of speaks to you that's come, calling out to you right now that you'd want to be asked? Oh, here, here in the podcast or in sure. the parish? Um, uh, what do you like about Pope Francis? What do you like about Pope Francis, Father? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I love that he is bringing a, a whole fresh new uh, focus to church teaching. Um, you know, his encyclicals have, uh, you know, are just so down to earth. They're really easy to read compared to other papal encyclicals. Uh-huh. But, you know, his... Evangelii Gaudium is just this great approach to, to personal faith okay. and, and, and that we need to be evangelized ourselves. And Morris Letitia is about, is about love in marriage. You know, so often, I think church sexual teaching is all about you know, you know, what not to do and what's wrong. This is all about what's right. You know, what kind of married love are we on about? Um, uh, Laudato Si is his great encyclical about the environment. And he brings you know, what might seem at first to be a, bit of a fringe issue about environment into the centre of church teaching. shows how that if we care for the environment, we care for every human being and you can't pull, the, pull them apart. And his most recent one, 
uh, Fratelli Tutti, is, a, is a really about a whole new way to do politics and economics. And he re, he's rewriting the rule book, I think, very much according to Jesus. The idea of mixing politics and religion um, is, I, I don't know, maybe it's the way I, I grew up, but it, it feels like a very difficult thing to bridge. You try and keep them separate. Um, do you think, we, first of all, we should be involving politics and religion? And secondly, how should we be doing that? Yeah, good question. Um, uh, I think we are, you know, when we talk about politics, we often talk about, we often mean party politics, Republican, Democrat, Labor, Liberal, left yeah. and right. But politic in the, uh, you know, in the Greek sense was about, was about the, uh, the, the society that we actually need to be involved in society. So we can't keep our faith, our religion, separate from the way we live and structure society. Jesus was intensely political. I mean, that's why they killed him in the end, because the, the message he preached was a challenge to the, the established structure. And we need to bring Jesus' message once again to challenge the structures of our society. That's excellent. Father, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, thank you. This has been Grace at Radio. Thank you. Welcome to the Power Parables section of this podcast. We will be going through each of the main parables in the Bible, reading through them together, and then at the end, I will ask a couple of questions for you or anybody else listening to this podcast to think about to help us better understand the Bible and strengthen our relationship with God. So today we will be starting off with the parable of the unforgiving slave, which is Matthew 18 verses 21 to 35. The parable of the unforgiving slave. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how many times could my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? I tell you, not as many as seven, Jesus said to him, but seventy times seven. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who wanted to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began to settle accounts, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought before him. Since he had no way to pay it back, his master commanded that he, his wife, his children, and everything he had be sold to pay the debt. At this time, the slave fell face down before him and said, Be patient with me and I will pay you everything. Then the master of that slave had compassion, released him and forgave him the loan. But that slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him 10,000 denarii. He grabbed him, started choking him and said, Pay what you owe. At this, his fellow slave fell down and began begging him. Be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But he wasn't willing. On the contrary, he went and threw him into prison until he could pay what was owed. When the other slaves saw what had taken place, they were deeply distressed and went and reported to their master everything that had happened. Then, after he had summoned him, his master said to him, You wicked slave! I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? 
And his master got angry and handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay everything that was owed. So my heavenly father will also do to you if each of you does not forgive his brother from his heart. So now that we've taken a look at this parable, now some time to investigate and apply our knowledge and think a little bit deeper about the lessons behind this parable. And to help us do this, here are three questions that you could ask yourself or have a discussion with, with other listeners around you. Feel free to pause this podcast anytime you like to reflect on the questions. So the first question is, why do you think Jesus wants us to forgive others for the wrongs they have done for us? The second question, what are the alternatives practiced by people who do not forgive? And the final question, what effects does not practicing forgiveness have on our lives? So these are the three questions. Uh, feel free to discuss them. And I hope that this parable has helped you um, better understand the Bible. Megan, what can you tell me about Joseph? So to be honest, I know only one fact about Joseph. And that, and that fact is that he was Mary's husband. Well, you might want to start learning a bit more because Pope Francis has recently declared 2021 as the year of St. Joseph. He makes the announcement at this time as it marks the 150th anniversary since Pope Pius declared St. Joseph as the patron saint of the Universal Church. In the recent declaration, Pope Francis describes St. Joseph as a beloved father, a tender and loving father, an obedient father, an accepting father, a father who is creatively courageous, a working father, a father in the shadows. Pope Francis also mentions how relevant St. Joseph is given the current COVID situation. The pandemic has helped us to see more clearly the importance of ordinary people who, though far from the limelight, exercise patience and offer hope every day. In this, they resemble St. Joseph the man who goes unnoticed, a daily, discreet, and hidden presence who nonetheless played an incomparable role in the history of salvation. In Joseph, Jesus saw the tender love of God, the one that helps us accept our weakness because it is through our fears, our frailties, and our weaknesses that most divine designs are realized. Only tender love will save us from the snares of the accuser. Joseph is also a father in obedience to God. He protects Mary and Jesus and teaches his son to do the will of the Father. Called by God to serve the mission of Jesus, he cooperated in the great mystery of redemption and is truly a minister of salvation. At the same time, Joseph is an accepting father because he accepted Mary unconditionally, an important gesture even today, says Pope Francis, in our world where psychological, verbal, and physical violence towards women is so evident. But the bridegroom of Mary is also the one who, trusting in the Lord, accepts in his life even the events that he does not understand, setting aside his own ideas and reconciling himself with his own history. Joseph's spiritual path is not the one that explains but accepts. 
which does not mean that he has resigned. Instead, he is courageously and firmly proactive because with Holy Spirit's gift of fortitude and full of hope, he is able to accept life as it is with all its contradictions, frustrations, and disappointments. In practice, through St. Joseph, it is as if God were repeat to us, do not be afraid, because faith gives meaning to every event, however happy or sad, and makes us aware that God can make flowers spring up from stony ground. Joseph did not look for shortcuts, but confronted reality with open eyes and accepted personal responsibility for it. For this reason, he encourages us to accept and welcome others as they are, without exception, and to show special concern for the weak. St. Joseph is the special patron of all those forced to leave their native lands because of war, hatred, persecution, and poverty. Every poor, needy, suffering, or dying person, every stranger, every prisoner, every infirm person is the child whom Joseph continues to protect. From St. Joseph, writes Pope Francis, we must learn to love the church and the poor. A carpenter who earned an honest living to provide for his family. St. Joseph also teaches us the value, the dignity, and the joy of what it means to eat bread that is the fruit of one's own labor. This aspect of Joseph's character provides Pope Francis the opportunity to launch an appeal in favor of work, which has become a burning social issue even in countries with a certain level of well-being. There is a renewed need to appreciate the importance of dignified work, of which St. Joseph is an exemplary patron. Work, he says, is a means of participating in the work of salvation, an opportunity to hasten the coming of the kingdom, to develop our talents and abilities, and to put them at the service of society and fraternal communion. Fathers are not born but made, says Pope Francis. A man does not become a father simply by bringing a child into the world, but by taking up the responsibility to care for that child. Unfortunately, in today's society, children often seem orphans, lacking fathers, who are able to introduce them to life and reality. Children, the Pope says, need fathers who will not try to dominate them, but instead raise them to be capable of deciding for themselves, enjoying freedom and exploring new possibilities. True fathers refuse to live the lives of their children for them and instead respect their freedom. In this sense, says Pope Francis, a father realizes that he is most a father and an educator at the point where he becomes useless, when he sees that his child has become independent and can walk the paths of life unaccompanied. Being a father, the Pope emphasizes, has nothing to do with possession, but is rather a sign pointing to a greater fatherhood, that of the Heavenly Father. Pope Francis notes how every day for over 40 years he has recited a prayer to St. Joseph taken from a 19th century French prayer book, of the Congregation of the Sisters of Jesus and Mary. This prayer, he says, expresses devotion and trust. Francis adds another prayer to St. Joseph, which he encourages all of us to pray together. Hail, guardian of the Redeemer, spouse of the Blessed Virgin Mary. To you God entrusted his only Son, 
In you, Mary placed her trust. With you, Christ became a man. Blessed Joseph, to us too, show yourself a father and guide us in the path of life. Obtain for us grace, mercy, and courage, and defend us from every evil. Amen.